Welcome to Seize Backstage, your all-access pass to everything production and AV-related for live events. This is your one-stop shop for industry news, production tips and tricks, and all things necessary to help you elevate the production of your next event. I'm your host, Troy Peters, Chief Experience Officer here at Seize Productions to guide you through the world of live event production. Seize Backstage is released on the first and third Thursday of every month, so set those reminders so you too can hashtag seize your moment. On today's program, we're joined with Seize Production owner, CEO, President, Gear Whisperer, and all-around great guy, Zach Grant. How's it going? Thanks for coming out, Zach. I know you're a busy guy, but uh, nice to have you on the podcast. We've also got on the line, Angela Alea, President and Chief Revenue Officer at Lasso, where event companies get it done. You guys do a lot of things, but I just thought, kind of wrapped it all into, you're just getting it done, which, which I love it. But uh, welcome, Angela. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Angela, let's kick it off just telling us a little bit about what you do, share a little bit about Lasso, uh, and then a little bit about your background in the business, and uh, just help us understand what you see out there in the world of production and live events. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you guys for starting a podcast around the experiences in our industry, because I don't think our industry does a good enough job on really shining the spotlight on everything that goes into this experience that companies like Seas create. So thank you for, for shining a spotlight on that. Um, I hope our industry begins to do a better job of that. We've done such a great job kind of hiding behind the curtain. Um, but just to give you a little bit of a background about me, I joined the industry over a decade ago because I had a client of mine. I was a business advisor at the time who founded and ran a mid-sized production company in the Nashville area. And he was just kind of talking through some of the challenges his company had uh, specific around this industry. And I remember saying to him and trying to not offend him, like, you've got to be kidding me. Surely it's just your company that operates that way. It can't be our the entire industry that is so underserved when it comes to software and automation and just workflows and because, you know, as, at that time, I'm just a consumer of the events, right? I, I, I go to these epic experiences and I'm able to consume what companies like C's and companies like his was doing. And so I couldn't fathom that all that's being done on Excel spreadsheets. And so, you know, fast forward a few years, he's like, hey, I really think there's an opportunity to do something big and to do something game changing for our industry because, you know, these people, we always say around here, every event experience is only as good as the people who make it happen. And it's like you all are able to pull off these epic experiences in spite of the challenges, in spite of the lack of good software, in spite of the lack of tools, in spite of our industry not getting a lot of investment dollars. And so that was really appealing to me. So he said, hey, let's go start something and let's go solve this for the industry. And that sounded really fun and exciting to me. So I jumped in and started doing hundreds and hundreds of interviews for the first 18 months or so, just talking to people like you all um, to say, hey, tell me how you operate. What do you like? What do you not like? What do you wish the industry had? And then we set off and have been building ever since and getting to work with great people in the industry like you all. 
awesome. Yeah. And we use Lasso. Like we do. Just full disclosure, we're we're fans yep. already. You've got it. You won us over. But uh, like like you had, had mentioned, we're we're talking about experiences here. So let's let's look internally because this is a podcast that's about uh, a you know our our own internal processes and and other um, production people's you know processes. But then externally, it's about the the client experience and ultimately about the attendee experience, right? So let's talk internally a little bit, Zach. Talk a little bit more about like how does something like Lasso or something that helps to to bring things together internally help us be better at what we do? Um, <clears throat> well, first of all, I, I think for me, uh, one of the fun parts of running my business is uh, embracing technology to make us more efficient as a company. Um, I, I tell my guys all the time that it's for us about basically maximizing output with minimal effort. And so with tools like Lasso, and uh, for, for those that are not familiar with it, it's basically like cloud software to wrangle your crews um, for you instead of having to manually text and call and follow up and shoot out emails and all of these things that are super time-consuming. Um, it allows basically one person to manage all of that for your company um, and communicate in real-time event details as it happens. So for us, having tools like that uh, allow us to do a better job producing events because it doesn't uh, get us so wrapped up in all of the busy work so we can spend more time focusing on the output of the event and creating the better experience instead of, oh, shoot, I forgot to text these six people that their call time changed from seven to eight and, you know, the whatever, right? There's a million things that come up. That come up. So uh, that, that's how we've used it. I recognized it pretty early on that it was going to be a game changer in the industry. Um, and that comes from having to have built so many of those spreadsheets, right? Because right, that right. is a pain in the ass. So yeah. <laughs> having to spend hours doing formulas? No, let's have yeah. somebody else do that for us. Yeah. How are you seeing other clients use it? How are you seeing um, the industry ha- having adjusted? Obviously, you found a need, and you went and made the, the solution, which is kind of what we're all doing all the time. But how have you seen that uh, change the company? Uh, or, ch- sorry, change the industry? Yeah, well, I think it's changed in a lot of ways. I think that um, there are macro trends that have happened, right, with labor regulations. You all are in California. Uh, God bless you for doing that. That is a hard state to be in and to have employees and contractors. It's just a different, you know, it's just different to maneuver. Um, But, you know, a lot of these companies, they have, you know, contractors or employees in multiple states. And the laws have changed just in the, I don't know, 12 years or so that we've been doing this. Um, and, and it's hard, you know, so and people also place a different value on their people now than they did back then. That's also changed. You know, it used to be when we first started this, it was, it's all about the gear. It's all about what gear right, you yeah, have. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's about who you have operating that yep. gear. Whose vision was it, right? Yep. Whose vision was it that you're going to bring to life? Yeah, a gear is a an ends to to means or means to the end. But, you know, that that piece of equipment, it's super important and it's critical, but people lost sight of the people behind it. Right. Um, And so I've seen that change. Certainly COVID, I think, was uh, a big wake up call in a lot of ways. And, you know, I feel like we've always been carrying the like, hey, it's your crew, it's your crew. They're the most important. Their experience matters because if you don't give them a good experience, you know, to your point, Zach, you talked about the call time changes from eight to seven and they didn't get it. Right. Or they didn't know I'm supposed to meet in this ballroom instead of the other one. And that's clear across the other side of the conference hall. 
and then they show up late and they're not set up to succeed. And so now they're not showing up in the right frame of mind. They're not able to bring them best, their best selves to the event to operate that piece of equipment, to interact with your speakers and your clients. And so it just has this domino effect. So anything that you can do to create a great experience, certainly for your client and for your attendees, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But don't lose sight of the people that you rely on and count on to make these experiences happen. Everything hinges on them, their happiness, their ease of use. Are you setting them up for success? So I feel like that has changed. Our industry has seen hey, yes, gear is really important, but the people are really what makes this happen. And at the end of the day, you know, they're your biggest cost of goods sold, right? And mm-hmm. so how do you get a return for that? How do you maximize it? You said it earlier too, Zach, right? Like maximizing output with the least amount of effort and inputs, right? So right. how mm-hmm. do you get that? And the people lever is the biggest lever you have to pull both, you know, the success of your event hinges on people as well as the profitability hinges on your people too. So both yeah. of those are so, so important. So I think I've seen that evolution over the last decade. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've talked about it, you know, with, with, with other clients and other, other, uh, certainly our employees and everything, but you know, a lot of times uh, there seems to be client pushback on labor budget, right? There's a, I, I think a lack of appreciation sometimes for the skill and, and just the, Maybe that's not the right way, not the skill, but the the work these guys put into perfecting their craft, right? Mm-hmm. Like, th- this is one thing that we pay, what, like a plumber $150, $200 an hour, no problem, right, to come fix our <laughs> toilet. But, you know, some of these audio engineers, like, for one, my dad who has been doing it 30, 40 years, you yeah. know, he still goes out and makes $500, $600 a day for, you know, what right. used to be backbreaking work. So yeah. I think that... We've been so good at at hiding behind the scenes that people don't see the the time invested in perfecting your craft and you know the long grueling days often without even the acknowledgement that hey this crew needs a meal <laughs> you know at like the five or eight hour mark right or hey we should probably give them ten hours off so they come tomorrow fresh and all that stuff and yep. I do I do feel like in the last year or two that that has changed a lot though um, mm-hmm. yeah I think it's brought that. I think there's a few clients out there that get that, that yeah. really do get that. And there's, I've seen a shift, Angela, that's a great, great way to, that you sort of brought that up. I've seen a shift where it's been less about even some of these RFPs that we'll get, but there's, there's a couple clients in particular that it's less about, Hey, do you have, you know, the latest and greatest projector, laser projection or something that now it's, do you have Ian on your show? Yeah. Because yeah. Right. we know Ian, yeah. we know how good right. he is. He's the Swiss army knife backstage. Yeah fixes anything yep. and we know our CEO is going to show up with the worst case scenario yeah. and changes at the last minute and Ian is going to fix it. Yep. Right. So that's well, and not only is he going to fix it, he's going to give them peace of mind. Knowing right. You've got the best of the best, throw anything at them. Yep. It's yep. going to be okay. Right. And I think that again, and I put myself in this bucket, I, I will admit I had a lack of appreciation for what all happens behind the scenes, right? Until you are in the industry and a part of it, there's no way for you to appreciate that. Right. I've always wanted, um, and, and I've looked, maybe you guys know, I would love to see a video put together, whether it's a documentary, something that really tells the story for our industry. You know, you think about the road warriors, you think about the people in this industry who have sacrificed 
families and time with their kids because they're road warriors, because they care and they're so passionate to give that customer the best experience, right? Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't go without sacrifice. So I think it would be so cool. And again, maybe you guys can tell me. A day in the life of your audio engineer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it would be. think it's a spinoff it's a, already. Yeah. Like <laughs> there was a TV show. I don't remember what it was called, but they were they were following roadies around. Uh, okay. Attempted to kind of do this. I, I don't know. I don't I know how like many that. people would actually pay attention to that besides us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Well, if nothing else, it would be educational for yeah. the client organizers to be for like, sure. hey, have an appreciation for John Day, who just got on a flight. Remember, he just kissed his wife and yep. infant child goodbye. Yep. But he's going to give you a great experience, right? Like feed them, say thank you, be kind, right? Like provide a safe environment, you know, all those sorts of things that are just important. Yeah. Um. So one thing I want to talk about is is kind of uh, what's happened over the uh, the last couple of years with COVID. I, f- I feel like there's been some some different uh, changes to how labor has been handled, both by companies like us and and whatnot. And I feel like there's been this general shift uh, from having full time employees fill all the tech roles to leveraging more of the freelance uh, network. And is is that something you have also seen, Angela? We have in in spades. Um, I'll tell you. So part of our business is the software side of the business. The other part of it is offering a freelance talent pool specifically for our uh, platform users. Mm -hmm. And during COVID, like that side of our business went through the roof because to your point, you know, 38% of the industry left, right? And companies shifted as they should have from a fixed overhead to variable, right? Until the predictability, the certainty kind of began to come back. And then I think companies are still realizing, wow, what should I take that as a fixed cost or continue to keep it as variable, right? right. And I think that, I think the freelancers appreciate that, right? If, if they can make a good living being a freelancer and again, working for good companies and there's more and more of those now because they had to be. At the end of the day, if you want to get talent, you had to step up, you had to provide good tools, you had to pay them well. The freelancer kind of owned things, right? Yeah. Because it was supply and demand. And so right. we definitely are seeing that shift um, towards more of the the freelancer model versus, you know, having full-time people on the bench. Yeah. yeah. I, I think one thing that maybe clients also don't understand is that no matter how big or small the company is, Every company, to some degree, is relying on the freelancer market to fulfill, you know, their event staff every yeah. time. And I think, like Angela just said, you know, especially during COVID, when everyone was reduced to minimal headcounts, you know, you saw this supply and demand effect on labor rates throughout the market because there's only so many freelancers in the market, especially when there's not that much work, you know. So a lot of these guys are taking delivery jobs. So now all the the rates have gone up, and and yeah. Yeah, I think that when you've got a, a um, engineer that is full time as well, they send. I'm not want, don't want this to sound negative, but they might sit sit on their laurels a little bit. They might be like, okay, I've got a job, I'm doing what I do. Whereas a freelancer is constantly getting, they're yeah. learning the new thing. I remember when the when the pandemic hit, it was like so many freelancers were like, I need to learn VMix yeah. or whatever that yep. that, yeah. that platform right. was that you were streaming on. Right. And they forced themselves to figure it out and they became valuable. Yeah. And that's the same thing you got to show now. If you've got a, a video engineer that's that's a full-time, maybe they're good at a two-screen, three-screen setup in a ballroom. 
but doesn't can't do a screen blend or something right. like that, right? So being able to choose the right person for the right role just allows us to create that better experience, right? So I've got a question. Do you think that a freelancer or a full-time employee cares more to do a good job? Ooh, let's go over to Angela for this one first. I have a thought. The right full-time employee cares just as much as the freelancer trying to earn their next job. You stole my answer. Yeah. Yep, yeah. you're right. Um, but I think on, on generally, the freelancer wants another job. Yeah. Right. So they're going to hustle a little bit more. I I I think I agree. Um, not to say, obviously, that there are <laughs> any full time employees are good or bad or anything. Nothing to say about them. But I think that the presence of competition and that hunger to get the next job and get hired for the next thing keeps them caring about the quality of work that they do every single time. And I think mm -hmm. that also was maybe a misconception that maybe freelancers don't care as much or whatever, but especially in the last few years when there's not enough of them to go around, I think they really care a lot to make your event as good as possible. Yeah. You know? Yep. But you, you bring up a good point too, because you know, the shift to the freelancer um, can be amazing, but it also puts extra onus on that company to be able to, efficiently and effectively onboard these freelancers, yes. bring them into the fold, bring them into your project yep. to collaborate, right? Which, which involves technology and tools and, and a process, not just kind of haphazard because right. you want that freelancer to also want to continue to work for you, right? So you, again, you have to give the freelancer a good experience Keep me to easy. bring them into the fold as if they were one of your full-time. So I think a lot of companies have really wrestled with trying to figure out how do we engage our freelancers more and bring them into the fold so they are working with all the same information that they need to do a good job? Yeah, 100%. Yep. How do you see, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about the pandemic and sort of where, where we've come out of. What do you see uh, going forward the next couple of years? What are, you, what are you guys seeing as far as this world of freelancer balance and, and labor management and, and that sort of yeah. thing? Well, I think the supply and demand is stabilized, which is good. I think that um, there there is definitely uh, a bigger divide between those that have been around for a very long time and the newcomers. And I think there's a little bit of friction because I think the I'm going to call them newcomers, you know, people that have been here maybe one to two years. Um, they're hungry. They're driven. They are tech savvy. They don't have a lot of the baggage that maybe people who've been in the industry 20 or 30 years have, but at the same time, they don't have the experience, right? And so I think there's, we gotta figure out a way as an industry to um, help bring them up to speed faster, right? Cause the, the, the veterans, they don't necessarily want to mentor a lot of them, right? They're like, why would I do that? You're my competition. Why would I train my replacement, right? Yeah. You know, they're trying to make as much as they can. So I think there's a big divide there. Um, that's one thing. And then the second thing is I'm seeing more and more kind of entry points into the industry. I think there are more and more schools offering this as a major even. Mm. Um, and so I think that's a good launch pad to kind of feed our industry. Whereas again, before, I don't think there, you just kind of fell into it uh, versus being intentional about entering the industry. So I think there's far more intentionality. And so we can't let those people down. We got to make sure we give them a great landing, yeah. a great place to find a career. You know, when I went to high school, this is 20 years ago, uh, we had an AV class. It was like a, what was it? Like stage uh, theater or something like that. But it was the class that everybody took because you 
didn't want to go to fifth period and you could leave and the teacher's <laughs> going to give you an A. It was just yeah, right. not a thing that you learned anything. But yeah, I mean, there's, I agree, there's so many ways you can get into this business now. Yeah. Um, through, from, you know, especially with all the, the virtual <laughs> stuff, there's, there's so many opportunities there, you know. Yeah. And I think that's part of it is that the pandemic really showed that there's an industry here that helped us through this. Yeah. You know, it was a little bit more live in person, but we were able to shift pretty quickly and other industries couldn't. I mean, just look at restaurants and things like that. There was really no. It is. It It really is. I mean, we saw on our platform, I mean, literally it was like a cliff, right? Like even the first half of February, we're having our best, more events ever that we've ever seen on our platform being produced. And then literally cliff, nothing, crickets. And it's like, you know, and I remember talking to a number of our clients and it was like, you know, we're doing wellness checks, right? It's like, are you okay? Is your business okay? Everyone was just like paralyzed. And then I felt like in like a span of a week, Everyone shook it off, figured it out, mm-hmm. fought through it. And you're right. You're so right. So many industries just took too long to figure it out, pivoted in the wrong direction. And I just think we just had a really great um, way that our industry handled it. They turned it into something great and they allowed their clients to keep moving because, you know, these events make our clients money. Yeah. Right. Their user conferences are really important. Association we meetings just really had a, a, a leadership meeting here or an all hands meeting here. And we talked about how important events are for revenue for clients and that it's yeah. part of our job to help those be successful because yeah. that keeps them going, which keeps yeah. us going. It's all symbiotic. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're a necessity. I think people think of events sometimes. Oh, it's nice to have. Are we going to be able to have our meeting? And I think that what it showed everybody is that you can't afford not to have it. Yeah. Right. You know, it might look a little different, but you can't afford to just cancel your meeting. Right. And we're also an industry that just gets it done, right? Like, yeah. You don't give up, right? The show happens when it happens, whether you're ready or not. So, you know, yeah. We just did what it took. Yeah. I, I right. teach a class. We were talking a little bit about Infocom. I know Lasso is really involved at, at some of the trade um, shows. And that being one, you know, that's, that's an industry association that I've spoken at for, I don't know, almost 10 years now I've been on involved on committees and boards there. Um, but that's one of the things I love using in one of my talks is that look at Saturday night live, for example, the show doesn't go on because it's ready. Yeah. It because goes on because it's 1130 and you see some yeah. of the, some of the best stuff come out of there because yeah. they were just weren't quite ready, but you still just got to get it done. You yeah. got to get yeah. it done. Yeah. And that's our, right. that's our business. Yeah. For sure. Show up and get it done. That, you know, it's interesting you said that about Infocom. Cause I remember, um, there was a show in Orlando, like uh, getting together again, something like it was like the first kind of, it was a teeny tiny event conference, but we're like, okay, we're going to fly down there and we're going to support that. Right. Because if, if we're going to say to our clients, like you got to do events, like we need to show up and do them too. And I remember with Infocom the first year back, it was really light and it was, it was discouraging, but I was, mm-hmm. I was taking note of like, okay, these are the companies that are putting their money where their mouth is. They're showing up they're doing their, their, their part, right. To like, get it going again, even though it might be lightly attended. Right. But everyone has to just kind of do their part and to your point, get it done. And so this year, this past year at Infocom's back in full force, which was really exciting to see. So hopefully the COVID days are a thing of the past, but you know, as I tell people when they interview with Lasso, they say, well, what if, isn't your industry uh, really at high risk? If something were to happen, I'm like, you know what? I've never been more sure 
it could happen again. We yeah. got this. Like I've, I've never been more sure of any of that. Like I don't worry about if our industry is going to be able to survive another like macroeconomic downturn or an epidemic or a pandemic, anything like that. You know, we, we yep. dug deep and we figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. We're ready now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. We, I think everything was coming. We, we knew that virtual hybrid, all that stuff was coming, but it was probably five to 10 years away. Now we just forced it to be yeah. here. Now we're there. Yeah. So now we're able yeah. to do it. I'd prefer not to we're go all through all again. But, not you know. to of all of it, but we're stronger, but <laughs> yeah. we'll That's right. So just kind of leading into one of my last questions I had for, or topics I had was, um, I saw a recent post from you said that, that just loved how this was, it just said, setting out to do something is risky. Right. And so how do you do that risk management? I've got, my mother-in-law has got on her wall in her kitchen. It says, do something today that scares you and then run like hell. Like they're really embracing risk, embracing things that challenge you, get you outside the box. Yeah. Talk a little bit about risk management and how do you guys mitigate that and, and just how you see the industry and how we mitigate that. Because I mean, just simply to sort of put a, put a nugget of an idea there, it's like having a backup laptop when you're doing a PowerPoint presentation, right? Just backup yeah. projector, you know, that are an extra person, an extra person yeah. back to the people yeah. Yeah. because the people make it happen. Yes. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. So what do you think for uh, risk management and um, setting out yeah. something new is yeah. risky? It is. Well, I always tell my kids, me and my husband, are always like, just live in the gap, right? The, the gap, there's like, here's what you know. And here's what you don't know. And there's this huge gap, right? And it's so uncomfortable to your point. But like, if you live there, that's where all the growth happens. It's yeah. where all the fun. If you think about Absolutely. the chapter in your life where you grew the most, it was the hardest time in your life, right? And so to me, that's what, and I think to most people, that's what's fulfilling, right? Is doing something big and scary and hairy and all the, and risky. And so, I mean, at Lasso, I think our North Star is first, does this move the industry forward? And I, and I feel like um, we, we've picked some tough paths um, when it comes to our software, our philosophy on things, our stance. Um, and, and, and sometimes there's backlash and, and that's okay. But as long as we feel like we are doing what's right and we live by kind of like our values and that North Star is to move our industry forward and to move our customers forward, it's okay to be challenging. It's okay to challenge the norm. And, you know, there's a great, there's a great book. We have all of our employees read called the challenger sale. And it's about, you know, just because you can, doesn't mean you should and happy customers don't equal successful customers. And so we always are trying to bring our customers um, something different, something that makes them think about something differently and challenge them in the right way um, because our industry is notorious for, well, we've just always done it that way. No, yeah. I don't want to, do oh, I've always words. done it that way. And like, yeah. we're not in the stone age. Like it's time. You're either going to adopt and evolve or you will be left behind. And I think being able to say that in the right way, it's risky, right? To say, Hey, are you, are you why are you running your business that way? Why did you choose to do that? That's that can be risky, right? Yep. It can backfire. But if it comes from a point of like, I, I genuinely am passionate and convicted about, I want to help you. Like, I see it. Yeah. Like, let me show it to you, right? And I think that um, more people need to do that. And yeah, it's risky. Um, and yeah, you can lose, but but that's okay. Because you can also win. And it's really fulfilling to watch 
people succeed because you are challenging in the right way. And same with you all, right? When you're selling to your clients, I'm sure you're not just, you're not just taking orders, right? Like, oh, you want this, this, and this. Okay. If you say so, you're the boss, right? That's not what they're paying you for. They're paying you to keep them from making mistakes, even though that can be risky. And so um, I just think that's where, where the fun and magic is. Totally. And that's something else you said, or maybe requoted, but we know you probably can't do this, but if you could, it would be amazing. And that's absolutely right. Yeah. Right. If you could. And that's that's where we're coming at. You know, and it was a bit of a risk for me. I was with the company for 10 years, came over to seas. Um, but yeah, so taking the risk of coming over to a new company. But I saw that, you know, this is this scares me and excites me at the same time. Yeah. How can we do this together and how can we how can we grow this? And I love that you keep going back to the industry. It's not just about us. It's or it is about us. It's not just about me. It's all of us. And how can we lift all the boats, right? Even our competitors. We know we have to work with our competitors sometime. Absolutely. There's room for all of us, right? Let's yeah. make this happen together. And Let's... if you can embrace it and you can be that risk taker, you can help bring things up. Everybody else is going to look to you to be that leader and you're going to, you're going to be successful. Yeah. And that's why we're doing this right now, right? Yeah. We're putting this information out there to make everybody better. Um, I've seen for so long, the AV is like, you know, like you said, behind the scenes, it's a secret. And so many of our clients have stayed away from it, honestly, because they, they don't want to touch it. It's mm -hmm. scary. Um, and so we're here to say that it doesn't have to be scary. You've got partners like us that can, you know. Um, Pull back the curtain and yeah, show us. We'll yeah, show you how you. it's done. We'll and, figure it out. And realizing, too, that, that AV doesn't have to be this commodity. It doesn't just have to be gear, right? And it's the same everywhere you go, that the value is in the partnership and the experience that the company has and leveraging that to help make more good decisions than bad decisions and steer you down the right path, you know, mm -hmm. probably sooner than you think in the in the planning process, right? So yeah, I was sharing with Angela in our pre-call just that, you know, I had a CEO once when I was on the association side that was, hey, so lasers, I want to do a laser show. And I'm like, what's the story? Yeah. I need a story first. I can't just do a laser yeah. show for you. Yeah. Tell me what the purpose is. I mean you right? can. You but can, yeah, but what's yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. we should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well what else any anything else we want to talk about? Angela, anything else you want to add here? Um Zach? This was a great I think conversation. We, yeah, I think we hit um, the big bullet points. I mean, I have like minor things we could talk about, but um, it's up to you guys. Well, I know we we know we got a hard stop for you at the top of the hour here, so we've got a few minutes left. Want to wrap this up? No, we really appreciate you taking the time. This has been a good conversation, and you. you know, as we're sort of getting new to this podcast, but um, it was super valuable to have a company like Lasso and and you representing the industry and share that with the people. Yeah, well, we, we appreciate it. And thank you for having me. This has been fun. I appreciate, again, you guys kind of leading the way and kind of pulling back the curtain and talking about the experience. So thank you, guys. Uh, Angela, where can people learn more about you, about Lasso? Where they can, I know you guys do your own podcast as well. How can people keep following? Yeah, yeah. So our podcast is called Corralling the Chaos. Um, you can find it where you find all the normal, all the other podcasts. Exactly. A little bit there, a little uh, lasso there um love but yeah, it you love it. the best emblem for a website yeah. lasso.io <laughs> very cool well again this has been seas backstage your all access pass to everything production and av related for live events your one-stop shop for industry news production tips and tricks and all things necessary to help you elevate the production of your next event catch us on the first and third thursday of every month angela thank you so much for being on the podcast thank you guys